When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And a very good morning all. Welcome. It's breakfast with Patton Hills. Hills minus his heat tracking today. Where is it? In the wash? Getting ready for the final? Yes, it's just airing out a little bit, Patty. Um, it's a day off today. It's travel, a good run travel day. Week. Travel day. I should, should have put the media polo on today, shouldn't I? As they get on a plane and go to Adelaide. And yeah. uh, I'll be joining them in Adelaide on Saturday. Oh, so you're that's going good. down? Yes, we'll be down there. Um, and... Yeah, good. Another good victory. They're, I mean, the challenge is supreme now. They're going to play the best team in the comp, the most yep. consistent team, very experienced team, and in conditions that they haven't had all week. They've had different conditions back-to-back in Perth, mm. and they have to make adjustments very quickly. So that's the next challenge for them. But just looking at uh, I had five points on how to beat Perth yesterday yep. written down, and we'll see how many ticks they got, eh? Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't get around to talking about it because we're talking about the Sports Star Awards, which is on tonight. Yes. Yeah. Um, the first one is Wacker Bowling Length. Nofke, being our coach, perfect. He played there, coached there, and now he's coaching the Heat. Mm-hmm. Got it right. Tick. Their length is great. Now, the superstars, the, the Scorchers superstars need to be contained. Make sure their big shots early uh, are risky ones. So that's Mooney, Divine, mm-hmm. Tick. Thanks, Mrs. Marsh. Well, Siva Brunt was their best with 36. Siva Brunt, what a player. Of 27. So oh, 36 of 27 is the best they could muster. So mm. that that's another tick. That's in the, the number two tick. Number three, she's getting carried away, Mrs. Marsh. Number three <laughs> is then the Scorchers' batting confidence might be a bit low. The, the recent scores of 104, 124, and 116 might mean we can get on top of them. Yep, tick. Four, back foot batting, our back foot batting, the cut shot, the pull shot, placement of such shots and don't overhit. Oh, very good. I'm, I haven't seen Grace Harris bat this well yet in her career. She is in great control, yet the power is fine and the risks are down. So I think, our uh, again, I thought the Perth Scorchers bowled quite poorly uh, at the top when the ball was new and uh, we capitalised very well. Mrs Marsh? Thank you. And then catching... And run out chances, our fielding, our, our spark in the field. Um, I, th- I think vaguely remember we dropped one. Mm. But but generally, improving, continue. It'll, it continues and uh, we'll keep it going. And then pressure put on Alana King there. She got three for 30 and we couldn't really get on top of her. But uh, I, I won't put that in there, Mrs Marsh. Just our catching and fielding, a little bit of improvement. Uh, well, it was great because they strangled them again. So they set uh, five for 197, which was a WBBL finals record. As you mentioned, the Harris girls, sensational grace with 54 of 33. Laura with 24 or 11 of 11. Um, 
You'd like him to be a little more flexible with Laura when it comes to the power hitting. More aggressive, yeah. Uh, Megan, we lose a week at mid-innings, get her in. Mm. Get her in. Why, why do we wait to, to her to be a finisher when we limit the balls she might face? She can make 100 or 50. Yeah. And, and yet if we put her in in the 16th over, she's not getting that many balls. Yep, exactly right. And so Perth never really looked like it, despite this vaunted batting lineup, which includes Mooney and Sophie Devine and Siva Brunt. Um, Perth scorches eight for 130. Heat win by 67 runs. They've gone back-to-back in Perth in the final series, and they've been dominant. They hit the road today. They head to Adelaide. They play the Adelaide Strikers for the title on Saturday night. And Heels, the chair, is going to be there with them. Yeah, we'll be down there. So that, so that's good. I thought you were, you were about to talk over Mrs Marsh there. Um, well, I didn't think we... didn't get that last tick. We weren't, we weren't going to give the last tick, were She's we? She's up on the monitor now, Grace. And uh, playing with great control and no less power than normal. So yeah. really, really good. But we'll, we'll have a look at the Adelaide. Tomorrow I'll look at the Adelaide team for us, eh? Mm-hmm. Um, they've got the top five bats are very, very good. Yeah. And then they've got Megan Shute, Talia McGrath, Amanda Jade Wellington, Gemma Barsby, all in great form with the ball. So they're going to take some beating, but let's see how good they are. Yeah, Georgia Vole was very, very impressive last four. night. Four for 19 or four, but they know they now head to Adelaide. They've got a little unfinished business with the Adelaide team. Definitely. I think it's always a great um, match-up when we come up against them. Um, I think we're one all this year. Um, so, yeah, it'll be a great final um, come, what day is it? Saturday. So, um, yeah, it'll be great um, to get down there. I think they'll have a full full house crowd at Adelaide Oval, so it'll be an awesome atmosphere and um, hopefully we can knock them over one more time. Let's have a listen to Georgia Heels on the three games in such a tight space of time and the fact that Adelaide has had nothing this week. Mm. They were sitting there watching TV last night. I think that's why we do all the fitness work we do um, in the preseason. I think it won't bother us too much. I think it's great that we've actually carried some momentum, um, to be honest. I think it's probably done us good. Um, and, you know, having the week off um, Adelaide, they might, you know, it'll probably be good for us um, to come in with a bit of momentum. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So, so what's your thoughts on that? We come in hot. There's no doubt about that. We've dominated the two finals that we've had to play. Effectively, you know, they had different names, but they were both elimination finals, and we've gone really, really well. We now come in hot, and we've had the, we, get, we go to the Strikers, who you admit have been the best team in the comp this year, and we play on their dunghill. My concern is that the conditions are so different. Mm. So we're coming in hot on different conditions. And Georgia Vol, 4 for 19, as you say, her off-spinner uh, thrived on the bounce she got, top edges and stuff like that and miss hits. That doesn't happen in Adelaide as much. So we've got to re- readjust our lines and lengths, and mainly our lengths. You, you, can, you have to bowl a little fuller. If you bowl the Perth length in Adelaide, you can get hurt. So mm. they've got to make adjustments. So they've got work to do as well as that momentum. Yeah. And they've just got to consider that it's two games in seven days. Yeah. That's what they've played. At the end of the third game, it'll be three day, three games in seven days. But, uh, yeah, there, there's uh, technical and there's psychological pressure that they're under to get things right in Adelaide. Yeah, okay. Well, it's now it, – this makes it a, just a massive weekend for our women's stars because the Lions, of course, play in their record fifth AFLW grand final. They play North at Icon Park, the old Princess Park, at 1.30 uh, on Sunday. So we go Saturday night, Sunday, two big games. It's like sold a hot out. day, wouldn't we? Yeah. yeah so yeah. so Icon's sold out. Yeah, see, there was a bit of debate about this. Because they're doing Renaults, et cetera, it can only mm. hold about 13,000. Yeah, well, you know, they were pretty raucous the other night yeah. against oh, Adelaide. Yeah. You know how many were there? 
<laughs> what about eight thousand? Five thousand nine hundred. Yeah, it'll be seething. There's no doubt Oof. about that. And the Lions will know they're you know they're in enemy territory. To use the old cliche, they love that. Yeah, of course well, they'll thrive on it. I'm um, looking forward to seeing that the effect of really lively, hyped up local home crowds yeah. and the effect it has on North Melbourne and Adelaide Strikers. But well, we've got Ali Anderson joining us, uh, the Lions legend. Remember, uh, they right. felt it last year. Yeah, yeah. Right. Of course, we were at, at home last year in a game that Melbourne. We, we should have won. We lost. They're not quite used to big home crowds all yeah. over them. I don't reckon, and you can silence those crowds quite early. Well, I know what Lions fans are asking out there. How the hell have we not won this McClellan Trophy and its million dollar prize when we get both teams, both the men's and the women's teams, into the grand final? Uh, CEO Greg Swan is probably still mulling over that. Shouldn't be the McClellan Trophy winners, should oh, they, making no. two grand finals? Don't bring that up. Jeez. We, <laughs> we're flat as a biscuit about it, to be honest. Like, so, yeah, we, we're in two grand finals and the group that won it didn't get didn't get to a prelim. So, uh, But, it, look, it's it's factored in on the home and away and we lost by, I think it was four points. But, yeah, it's a little bit of a sore point for us. Because it's not just honorary, is it? It's a million dollars. No, it's a million dollars. A long way. 100%. It was, uh, you, you got 500 for the club and the players shared 500. And, yeah, that's better than a round of drinks. So, um, yeah, we've had a really good year, but we haven't got the million dollars to show for it. But anyway, that's hopefully we can get a premiership and that'll... Um, alleviate some of the pain. <laughs> it's just a game, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't sound like he's taking it that way. Yeah. Uh, you know the game that did us in? Remember what it was? Yeah, it was It was the, the couple, only a couple of weeks ago, wasn't yeah. it? The, the, St. The Kilda. One, St. St. Kilda, that's Kilda. what we were saying. That. Yeah, we that was the one that we St. should have Yeah. What are they doing? Mm. And it was Ali Anderson's 75th. Yeah, I know. We'll ask Ali about that. Ali, mm. come on, you would have put in... How much? About 40 grand in your kick <laughs> by the sound of that. I wonder if Swanee does want to change the process. No, nah, 10. You get 10 each, maybe. 25. Like 250 to the women, 250 to the men. Mm. How many in our squad? Say 30. Yeah, you're getting about 8,000. Mm. That's mm. better than chump change. Better than a round of drinks. Uh, exactly right. Um, so, Wes, what about this McClellan Trophy process? If you were asked to reform that, would you suggest that the final series be included? Well, it's it's interesting because it used, it's always been McCullen Trophy was in, at the end of the home and away, but it was a, it was a nothing thing really. I don't think you got any money, or you might have got a hundred grand or whatever. It wasn't much, and um, so then they came out and revamped it and put a million dollars on it and included AFLW, and then each AFLW win was worth eight points, and each men's win was worth four. So. I think logically, and I know this is going to sound because it suits us, but because the season's short, you probably should include finals with the, with the girls because you know they only play ten games. So it's um, you know if you if you did do that, obviously we would have won. But even going forward, I think that might be a fairer model because the waiting towards the women um, is is understandable, but they don't play enough games for it to sort of even out over a season. I don't think. But anyway, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I love him. He speaks his mind all the time. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, there's not a Lions fan sitting at home and saying, hey, well, hang on a minute. We've got two teams in the grand finals this year and someone else has Melbourne have waltzed away with the million bucks. Anyway, um, we will have young Will Graham, the 18-year-old Palm Beach uh, Corumban product, on today for a quick chat as well. He's one of these four academy players taken by the Suns. Now, they must have some sports equipment at PBC. Oh, yeah, Palm Beach, Corona, there's three of them and one from uh, the Broadbeat Catch. But That's I'll, rugby league. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, 
obviously Greg Swan uh, in this wide-ranging interview yesterday on SEN was asked about the uh, the whinging from the southern clubs over the effect of these academies. Yeah, th- this year because it's an anomaly because of the four to one, and and they're all really good players. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I understand that that you know some of them are beauties. Um, but it's pretty rare that that happens. I mean, I suppose logic says that if we keep growing the code and there's more and more kids play and now academies get better and better, that it might happen again or it might happen every second year. And then then that's probably going to create problems. But I I think this is a little bit of an anomaly and people are jumping, uh, you know, carrying on a bit much just because of one draft. I mean, we didn't get any out of our academy yep. this year. Uh, Sydney had one and I don't think GWS had – oh, they might have had one late as well. But, yeah, it wasn't – a smorgasbord. I mean, just the Gold Coast had had a sort of freakish year, and weirdly enough, I think three of the four of them were from the same junior club, so they would have been pretty strong in the old, yeah. as they're coming through the juniors. So, would it be your contention? Don't change it. I'd let it run for a bit and just see. Look, if it happens again or it keeps happening, then then you could jump jump at it. But I think this is a one off. Hmm. And all clubs need to find ways of how to keep up. Yeah, well, I can't work out the draft. Vanessa's walked into the studio. I mean, it's it's the world's most complex thing. I've read a couple of stories this morning about how they're wanting to tinker with it oh, and all that sort of stuff. You've got to get a life. Uh, well, I know. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get my head around it, but I can't understand all these trades. Well, you've got to get like enough that. points in your bank. Yeah. Points in your bank so that when people try to poach your talent, you can match their offer. Yeah. Well, you haven't got enough points, you can't do it. Would that be right, Vanessa? Well, yeah, it is about the points and everything, but I don't think a, a club like the Gold Coast should be penalised for having a strong academy. I mean, no, that's exactly right. No, but the other, see, Swanee then said they didn't get anything out of their academy. The Lions Academy, is yeah. it strong? Probably. Well, yeah, but, you they, know. And it, just didn't have the talent here. That's uh, right. You know, and. It ebbs and flows, doesn't it? So it's those, the clubs who have got academies, and are they all of them? That they so. need to keep up. Yeah. They need to keep finding it's, and identifying it's on talent. on the academy. Yeah, well, Jack yeah. was saying yesterday that, you know, some of the Melbourne ones pretty much their academy, you know, inviting kids from school into the club, giving them a jersey, showing them a giving them a tour, maybe shaking hands with a couple of the AFL stars and saying, you know, we'll see you again in another year or something, whereas these kids are invested. I mean, this this young bloke that we're talking to today has been with them since he was 13. Amazing. You know, and... I mean, why, why wouldn't the sons be entitled to keep the kids on the case when they've been developed? Anyway, look, it, it's beyond my, my simplistic Jordan Ricky's view been of with the world. Jordan Rickey's been with the Broncos flying over from New Zealand once a month since he's 13. Yeah. But they lose him like that just to another offer mm. from yeah. someone who's got more dough. Yeah. Hey, we've got a huge show today. Pete Bedell's going to join us, talk about this Kurt Capewell situation and the Warriors. Uh, Wayne Bennett's ultimatum to their little, to their big cult hero, uh, Valen Storari, who's got, got too much weight on at the moment. Uh, but we'll get through that. What's happening news-wise? Okay, well, we had some doubt over the past few months as to whether the Sunshine Coast Rail extension would go ahead. Um, but the state government's come out today and said, yes, that 2032 Olympics legacy project will go ahead. It was part of that infrastructure plan for the upcoming Games in Brisbane, as saying it was a critical project to help bus congestion during the Games. Um, but it was under question after the federal government cut a lot of infrastructure projects. But they've had a delegation go down to Canberra saying it's all systems go. It will be a huge boost to residents on the Sunshine Coast as the population up there booms. Um, mm. But, you know, lots of infrastructure projects to build and time's mm. ticking. The Gold Coast so, Railway hasn't really helped the traffic, has it? Not really. So it might have helped the traffic. It might have even yeah. been worse. 
But it's a, you'd think it's a good project, then. We hope so, yes. Now, uh, this has been an interesting story bubbling away about the uh, Aussie basketball player Josh Giddy, yeah. And there has been a development today with the Newport Beach Police Department in California confirming they are investigating an alleged relationship between him and a female minor. This dates back to a few years ago and surfaced in a social media post, Um, but the police department say they are seeking additional information related to the allegations, pursuing all leads and evidence to obtain the facts. So they're not really giving anything away, um, but the post has since been deleted and Giddy remains in the starting lineup for Oklahoma City. So, yes, just a story no, that I think He played his is... second game and he got booed yeah. heavily by the, fan, by the yes. opposition fans. So, anyway, police are looking into it. We don't know yet if he has a case to answer. <laughs> and, look, every year music streaming giant Spotify does they, their year in review for each user as well as Australia and the world in general. So Spotify Wrapped has come out for this year and it reveals our trends of what we are listening to. Now, of course, Australia's most streamed artist for 2023, Taylor Swift. Well, that was yeah. followed by Drake and The Weeknd. Um, but Taylor wasn't actually, didn't have the most streamed track in Australia. Yeah. That was this song. I can Which is, of course, Miley Cyrus. Yes. Uh, Her song Flowers. So that was our most listened to song in Australia on Spotify. The most streamed. When did Flowers come out? I think this year. Oh, did it really? Yeah, I think so. Maybe. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that sounds like an old song. No, I early, earlier in the year. Um, now, as the most streamed Australian artist was The Wiggles. Oh. And the most streamed Australian song was actually Riptide by Vance Joy, which is an older song that oh. kind of had a resurgence this year. Now, what about G-Flip? How big is G-Flip? <laughs> yeah, G-Flip's pretty big, yeah. but, I mean, she didn't make it onto the top three. But... Do you know it was a she? Yeah, uh, yeah. There was a story about her the other night. I think on sixty minutes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so she's the pregame entertainment at the yes. AFLW Grand Final. At the Final. women's, yeah. There we go. Have a look Looking at Liga. To that. I all, know you with are all very the entertainment up business. With it. Mm, it was a sellout. <laughs> and they might be after. Yeah. <laughs> it's yep. it's six twenty one. Thank you, Vanessa. I've got Pete Padel on the line early this morning. He's got family duties. Uh, you know, we should have scooped him on this story. Heels. With uh, the super coach Wayne Bennett sending uh, Valance Tuare to uh, Chopper Burgess. Chopper does all his training right at our front door, Pete. And uh, we should have noticed that he had Valance with him at some stage. But, no, we didn't see him when we were out on our walks. Could have. <laughs> Mate, I, th- I thought you'd be training with him, Pat, big Chopper Burgess. Yeah, what he... love whipping you into shape. Every time I walk past him, mate, all he does is have a look at that gut of yours, Paddy. You proud of that? You proud of that, mate? And then and he said, have a look at this. Have a look at your wife. She's beautiful. What are you doing with him? <laughs> and, then, and then he kisses his biceps, does he? Yeah, yeah. Ex- so, yeah exactly that's, right. That's yeah, yeah, there's a little bit of strut there with Chop. There's no Big, Val, Big Val could have woken us up maybe that, with his hits on the pads, on the gloves. <laughs> I bet he's working him hard. Have you, have you witnessed any of it, Pete? Uh, I haven't witnessed anything, guys. Uh, but interestingly, I've been sent some videos by by Mark Burgess. Uh, so yeah, I, I did break a story last night that he's been he ordered to go for two weeks of training with with Chopper Burgess, who is one of Brisbane's uh, best conditioners. He worked with the Broncos during their glory years. 
He's trained all the best athletes in Queensland sport. Darren Lockyer, Gordon Tallis, Brad Thorne. He worked with the Queensland Reds. So very good conditioner. And Wayne Bennett is basically trying to help balance Tafare. I mean, we know he's a great talent. We know he burst onto the scene last season and what a cult figure he was. And I think mm. the fans love him for the fact he's got a bit of that throwback character with his with his frame, his bullocking style. But it reached a point, guys, a couple of weeks ago where he returned from pre-season. He put four kilos on over the weekend. And oh, Wayne please. Bennett said, yeah, when Wayne Bennett had an honest chat with Val and said, mate, look, you, you've got all the talent in the world, but at your weight, you just can't cut it in the NRL. So we need to do something to save your career. To his credit, he sent him to Chopper Burgess for a couple of weeks to do boxing and training sessions twice a day. Uh, and guys, now the ball's in, in Val's court. He's off contract next year. And if he wants to continue his career in the NRL, he just needs to get trimmer. Yeah, and Wayne, and the quote in your story sort of says it just makes it, everything much more manageable and easy to manage. So I'd imagine he could probably lose six. Chopper will probably have six off him by now so that you've got a little <laughs> bit of leeway on the way back out. Yeah, that's right. Well, well, he also, I spoke to Chopper yesterday, and after 10 days of training, he's lost five kilos. Yeah, so okay. that's, that's a great step forward. Uh, so, look, he was at, at his heaviest, I'm told, he was at 125. And last year when he played in the Hugh Cup Grand Final, he was 114. So Wayne said, if we can get him down around 113, 114, then, yeah. then that's acceptable. So he's, he's, I'm told he's around 117, 118 at the moment. So yep. he's not far off. And if he keeps going, over the preseason, he's got plenty of time to get in his best shape for, for the new season. Yeah, I mean, and, and not that not that Bennett would be worried about this, but mate, he's a fabulous. Yeah, given if if he can get there and start to play first grade again, he's a wonderful marketing tool for the club. Oh, a hundred percent, Pat. I mean, he's one of the real characters of the NRL. I mean, not only the Dolphins, but he can be a real superstar of the game if yeah. he stays on the paddock and gets down to the weight that, that Bennett wants and. Because the talent's there. We know he's got the physical gifts. He just needs the conditioning. And if he can marry those two, then the NRL has a real force. And uh, I think if Al Tafari, look, he's only young guys. He's converted from rugby. He's only played two seasons of rugby league. So he's got mm. so much untapped potential. And let, let's hope he realises that over the next few months. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, all right. It doesn't seem there's a lot of love coming Kurt Capel's way down at Red Hill. Well, it's interesting, Pat, isn't it? It's, it's a fascinating narrative. I mean, look, I think Kurt doesn't want to leave the Broncos. That's the scenario. But the, the Warriors have shown interest. They've got a three-year deal ready to table if he gives them in the indication he wants to go. Now, I guess, guys, the big thing here is the salary cap for the Broncos. I mean, yeah. they don't want to lose Kurt Cable for next season. They've already lost three blokes for next year in Herbie Farnworth, Tom Flegler and Keenan Pagliasia. So they can't afford to lose their vice-captain at a time when they're on the cusp of a premiership. So they want to keep Kurt Capewell for another 12 months, but the problem is beyond that, they can't table a deal due to salary cap restrictions for 2025. So the the, the scenario for Kurt is, do I play one more year at Red Hill and then try and find something else in the NRL, or do I cut my losses now and take an attractive three-year offer from the Warriors to prolong my career. So that that's the decision facing Kurt Capewell in the coming weeks. Yeah, that, so the three years includes next year? That's right, Heels. So mm. the Warriors are happy to take him right now. And if mm. the Broncos were to formalise a release, Kurt could be at the Warriors in a couple of weeks and he'd take up his three-year deal immediately. Or finish one year with the Broncos and then throw the dice. Yeah. That's right. And look, guys, I think Kurt... 
he's pro- I would imagine he's torn. I mean, he knows he's on the cusp of something special at the Broncos. I mean, he'd probably be kicking himself if he left now and then the Brisbane win the comp next yep. year. So, uh, although in saying that, the way the Warriors went this season, they could be a chance of the Premiership as well. So he, he's got two two interested clubs, and that, that's good news for Kurt Capewell. But he is a he's a real leader for the Broncos. He's been magnificent in his two years there. Yeah, much love by the teammates. I mean, <laughs> this off season it just gets more intriguing every year. I think I don't know whether I'm just getting old, but the the <laughs> the, the Luai story it just won't go away. Yes. And I mean, he he just I don't know whether it's he or his manager, but he seems to be playing them all. Oh, we're all getting older, Paddy. Isn't that a shame? <laughs> but you're right. Look, it is a fascinating scenario for Jerome Luai. Look, I. Look, guys, I, I think the more this drags on, I, I think the more likelihood that he leaves the Panthers. I mean, I know he's got another year there, so I guess in, in a sense there's no rush mm. for him to sign other than media interest, really. But, I mean, the, the, the money on offer from the West Tigers is enormous. And if, if Jerome wants to be the main man, he'll never be that at Penrith with Nathan Cleary there. So while they have a beautiful combination, maybe Jerome wants to be the main man. And let's not forget, guys, in the Penrith juniors, he was actually the number seven. And Cleary played six in the lower grades. So maybe Jerome thinks I can be the main man at seven for the Tigers and get paid handsomely in the process. Mm. Yeah. Gee, there's some young guns pushing some highly paid legends everywhere in, in each club, really. But so the the, the managers put 1.2 on Luai's um, uh, price. 1.2 is it. West Tigers are in at 1.1 at the moment. Penrith, 8.50, and they've topped out. Um, and the Bulldogs have now said we're out. Is that how it's reading at the moment? Yeah, that's basically it, Hill. So, look, I, I can't imagine too many clubs would have the money to match the West Tigers. So I guess for Jerome, it's do you go down the road to Concord or do you stay put at the Panthers for less money but potentially win more premierships and maybe not in view of the doldrums that the, the Tigers are going through at the moment. So yeah. I guess he's got to weigh up you know, how important money is in his life and whether he's prepared to take some early pain at the Tigers to turn the clock yeah. around. And the Panthers have said it can happen immediately if you give us Clemmer and Lachlan Galvin. Yeah, that's right. So the, the merry-go-round. Yeah, the horse trade. In the NRL, guys. But uh, the horse trade is going on. But, geez, um, Penrith being ripped apart, boys. They are losing mm-hmm. guys left, right and centre. It'll be fascinating to see just how long they can remain a, a premiership horse. Yeah, that's right. And um, we're seeing it at Red Hill losing the, the, the calibre that they have. And Cape will may yet be headed out the door as well. Hey, mate, great to chat. And we really appreciate your time. And I just want to say on behalf of all our listeners, thanks for your contribution this year. I mean... Your insights uh, and your background to everything that's happening in league is brilliant. And, of course, you know, we all read your stuff in the Courier-Mail uh, religiously. No, thanks so much, boys. And I have similar affection for what you guys do. And, and also to your listeners, have a great Christmas, everybody. And I hope your family's safe over the, the festive period. And we'll be ready back again, boys, in 2024 yes. for the NRL. The circus will be gone again. Yeah, well, I don't, it doesn't stop. <laughs> it's Thanks. still going. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, Pete. Have a great Christmas, mate, Thanks, to you boys. and the family. Anytime. Thanks, boys. Hey, yesterday, Hills, we had a uh, – you and I uh, attended an SEN lunch for some of our clients, which was a great day. <laughs> met, a, uh, we met a bigger legend, didn't we? Yeah. Exactly right. When he introduced himself, said, hey, hang on a minute. We know this name. Ken Rutherford, a very good morning to you. 
G'day, Beck. G'day, Heels. Hey, great, great to be 20 this morning. And uh, look, I hear it's your second last day for the 2023. You guys have got it easy, haven't you? Yeah, of course it is. We're old. <laughs> we, we need to put the well, phone Well, I know up. that. I know that. I know you're old, Pat. But I mean, gee, was you, you guys work half a year, do you? <laughs> well, hang on no, a minute. Basically. Now, just, <laughs> before you go on sledging, um, I did I did tip you a winner as I left the lunch yesterday. Oh, did it get up? Yeah, it won. Yeah, Geraldton G- Race Date number four. So it was four dollars under three fifty. So well done, you big fella. <laughs> See what, how he can remember stuff. Now, Kenny, you, you've always been into uh, either thoroughbreds or harness, haven't you? Yeah, I have, mate. No, I really, uh, really have. Uh, ever since I was a little fella in Dunedin growing up and uh, on my bicycle over uh, four or five blocks to Fulbury Park in Dunedin, mate, and looking at the harness racing. So it's always been, uh, I guess when I was playing cricket against you, you fellas' heels, it was kind of my out. It was kind of something I did to get away from the game. And uh, look, I got a few ducks in my time, so plenty of time to, to look at the race book over the years, mate. <laughs> you had some fun moments in your cricket oh, career, no. didn't you? I had a look in, though. Oh, I think we all did. Heels mentioned this did. yesterday. He said, the test debut at 85, and you went for a decade. But the test debut in the Caribbean at the Port of Spain, the attack was Marshall holding Ghana, and the, the top order batting liners was Greenwich, Haynes, Richie Richardson, and Viv Richards. Oh, please. Get your head down and play well. <laughs> yeah, yeah th- thanks for bringing it up, guys. I really appreciate it. It's taken me 35 years on the psychologist's couch to, to, to try and uh, come up with, uh, you know, strategies to avoid commenting on it. But, uh, yeah, what a time that was. For a 19-year-old from Little Old Dunedin, Pat, having played seven or eight games of first-class cricket. Go, go, you good thing. Yeah. Good luck, son. And, and then you had the delight of having Warney see you out at the other end of your career. <laughs> this fellow Warn oh, that, that New Zealand have had to face for ages. Oh, didn't he do a number on me a couple of times, uh, Ian? And uh, I reckon you let me have it too on a couple of occasions. Do just quite. Oh, so don't exaggerate, mate. Another trip to the psychiatrist's couch. Yeah, that was good fun. Hey, well, now we, you, you're about to experience your first Queensland summer for a while. You'll get used to the humidity, but you're here as the COO yep. of Albion Park Harness. Uh, not only are you preparing for the eventual move to Norwell, but you're now overseeing yep. one of the most exciting times for harness racing, and that, of course, is the Inner Dominion. Yeah, it is, Pat. Look, uh, look. one of my first memories of uh, following harness racing was when I was, I think, 12 years of age, when in uh, 1977, uh, a horse called Stanley Rio was actually Tasmanian bred, but uh, New Zealand uh, trained uh, and driven by the nobles. Uh, Stanley Rio came over and cleaned up Paleface Edios and, mm-hmm. and others in 1977 at Albion Park. When actually they went right-handed, Pat, you'd probably remember that. Yes. They went not the left-handed they go nowadays the Albion Park, they actually went the other way around. So I, I still remember that. He was a good horse, Stanley Rio. And uh, now look, the, the lad breaks into Dominion starts in, uh, look, it's just over 24 hours time at about 10 to 6 tomorrow tomorrow evening at Albion Park. And we're really looking forward to it. It's uh, a great occasion to, to celebrate the very best and, and mostly Australasian uh, pace and trials, to be fair, this time around. There aren't too many Kiwis involved, but uh, there's certainly plenty of interest, uh, I know, from harness racing enthusiasts on both sides of the Tasman. Yeah. And for the uninitiated, the, the Inner Dominion is a series. So we race over a series of heats culminating in a big grand final. 100%. So the first heat tomorrow night is just after quarter past six. Pat, there's four pacing heats tomorrow night and three trotting heats, and the horses accrue points over the course of the first three nights, which uh, starts tomorrow night, of course, Tuesday night, next week, and then the following Saturday evening, and the big grand finals on the 16th of December. So basically the points accrued, the top 12, I think, go through to the finals and the paces and the trotters, 
and uh, the big final series, as I mentioned, on the 16th of December. Big, big crowd already expected. We've pretty much sold all our package stuff, but uh, we're hoping for a big walk-up crowd uh, on the night. Be oh, yeah, be great. Stuff. And, of course, the big Queensland superstars leap to fame. How good is he? I mean, yeah. uh, some of the runs he's put up this year have been incredible. He's had flat tyres. He's had all sorts of bad luck in some of the big races, hasn't he, uh, leaped to fame? But he's bounced back every time. And, uh, look, he's a short price favourite with the boys from Labrokes to, to win the overall competition. I think he's just under even money, Pat. So he's expected to win uh, from the Grand Dixon stable, of course. And uh, let's hope for Queensland uh, supporters. You're pretty one-eyed here, aren't you? You'll of course be, we you'll are. Be all over. You'll yeah. be all over leap to fame or his stable name, Larry. So... If he, if he goes bang, bang, bang in the heats, expect a bumper crowd on grand final night. Yeah, great stuff. Hey, listen, great to chat. Lovely to meet you yesterday. And uh, you and Heels go back a long way, I know. And we'll certainly not the last time we'll have you on the show. When we finally come back to work, mate, um, we'll, we'd love to you have you on July? again. July next year, you'll be back for the origin next year, will you? Yeah. Origin time. Have a, have a look. Your phone's just dropping out, Kenny. We seem to be losing. <laughs> Thanks, Rudge. Have a good day, fellas. Have a good day. Thanks, mate. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Tell you who wasn't there, Will Graham wasn't there. Yeah, yes. He's just 18, but he's about to start a wonderful journey uh, into the AFL. Will, a very good morning to you. Congratulations on being picked up by the Suns. And uh, that's pretty much uh, the old cliche dream come true because you're a Palm Beach Corumban boy. Yeah, it's pretty good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. They... Um, yeah, it's pretty good being on the Gold Coast. Yeah, very much so, mate. Uh, textbooks aren't big around schools anymore, probably, but do you think has Palm Beach Corumban got a library, got any textbooks in there, or is it just sport? <laughs> oh, it's pretty much just sport, to be honest, but there's a, there is a library, but not many people use it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's a massive rugby league school too, Will, isn't it? I mean, obviously the two codes coexist. Yeah, to be honest, it's probably more of a rugby school than an AFL school, but yes. both, of, both of the cards went pretty well this year. Yeah, yeah I heard you uh, quoted as sort of saying Super Sixes hooked you into Australian rules footy. What What is Super Sixes and when? Is that a, a junior game sort of after Auskick or something? Oh, it kind of is Auskick. It's just that's kind of what it's called down here oh, in Queensland. So, yeah, it's kind of just under sixes. Okay. Now you've had your your injury dramas, haven't you? That you've had to to get through. So you you know you're only ten than years wise, but you've had a bit of time in the rehab rooms. Yeah, I've spent a fair bit of time. I've done two meniscuses and had to do two surgeries. So I'm glad that's over now. And, and the two surgeries on that one knee. Yeah, yeah, on the same meniscus. Yeah. Okay. And how much would you have left in there? Oh, not a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they'll get a cure for that by the time you're through, mate. Um, do you think that's a – well, it mightn't be a good thing. Young footballers, you, you know, cricketers, which is my game, uh, young fast bowlers are backs um, that they've got to get through. What about young footballers? Is it a lottery or is there a, a textbook injury time frame? Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's a pretty cliche kind of thing that like, everyone – sort of gets a little niggle, a little injury throughout their junior career, but I feel like it doesn't really put too many of them back. Yeah, okay. Uh, you've ha- you've been able to show everything, mate, I, I read, your positional versatility. Uh, traditionally, you're an on-baller. Is that what you still want to be known as? But you've been squeezed into defence at times. Uh, yeah, traditionally I was an on-baller, but I've kind of transitioned into the back line now. And 
kind of feel at home back there, so I'm liking it a lot. Oh, very good. Uh, what has the coach said to you, and what was it like? I mean, you, you, you're there with a couple of your best mates and Jed Walker and Ethan Reid. You won premierships together as under-12s, which is amazing. Yeah. And now you, you're in the big league and you've got a legend like Damien Hardwick to uh, to answer to. Yeah, I'm honestly still pinching myself a little bit to go through like kind of the whole system with these boys and I've been playing with them for so long and to also be playing under a coach such as Damien Hardwick, like it's still pretty unbelievable. Not sure we've heard of four mates coming through, you know, and being drafted to the one club. It, it would be hard for other clubs, uh, Will, that... To have to split up, eh? Like, let's say you, you get drafted to Perth and, um, you know, Reed goes to uh, Richmond. It, that'd be hard, eh? Yeah, it would be a bit difficult, but uh, hopefully we can all just stay in the same spot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, because you were chased by the Crows, weren't you? Uh, yeah, a little bit, I guess. They, they were the team that bit on me, so obviously they showed some interest. Okay, and, and now were you confident? Did you know that the Suns had enough points in the bank to match you? Um, yeah, they they did kind of let us know that they had enough points, but obviously I was still pretty nervous on the night. Yeah? <laughs> what was your night like? Where where were you and uh, who was around? Um, well, I kind of got an invite to the night off Ethan Reid because he got about 20 invites, so he shared me a couple. And yeah, I just <laughs> went with my mum and my brother. And then also some of her family friends. And your mum's been your biggest fan, hasn't she? Pardon? Your mum's been your biggest fan. Oh, yeah, 100%. She's been my number one supporter. So what? how does it unfold now, mate? How, how does this pre-season unfold for you? Um. Well, we've kind of just been getting straight into it this week. Had the Monday, Wednesday, like, main training sessions and kind of recovery day today and then head into it on Friday again. You enjoying it? Yeah, it's so good. I love it. <laughs> is that been, is that the biggest dojo you've ever been in? It's is it under the building at Carrara that you you got it on on the mats? Yeah, pretty much. We've <laughs> been there for a while now, so it's good. Oh, has it? Okay. Any right. any scary any scary individuals that you, you don't really want to wrestle just yet? Oh, uh, no, not quite. They're, they're all pretty good, but uh, probably Sam Collins I'd go with to be honest. Righto. <laughs> That's great, mate. All right, enjoy it. I mean, I know it's a cliche, but, yeah, this is the start of a fantastic journey for you, and the, the fact that you've got some of your best mates around you just makes it a little more comfortable for you, doesn't it, as you uh, transition. So good. Yeah, 100%. I just love being around these boys, and, yeah, it's been a good experience. All right. right. We're thanks gonna, a lot, Will. We're going to follow your career, Will. Uh, thanks for giving us a bit of your time this morning. Righto. Thanks for having me. Now on breakfast with Pat and Heels. Heels gets his gloves off. Yeah, I thought I'd take us uh, along a trip to the Planet Netball today. Mm. Uh, what the hell is going on there? The media release yesterday uh, would have us believe that they've rushed in to ensure that all contracted players have, have been paid and are going to get back paid an 11% raise here and there, a 3% in increments in health insurance contributions. The minimum wage now goes to 46 Ks. The average wage, 86 and a half Ks. Um, and th- let's get that done. And then uh, with all that generosity, let's consider the other stuff now, and that being the revenue share model that the Players Association seem so intent on getting a part of. So 
I'm not sure yet how cricket's loans to those players who were in hardship uh, will be repaid. There's no mention of that. But plenty of our former players are asking, you know, I've got to have a piece of that. Um, Because many, many players in cricket, probably before 95, anyone who played mm, before the 90s uh, didn't play for money. Um, So, you know, we we haven't got uh, flush coffers to throw around. So... They mention the ability to work closer to the sponsors to grow the game and its revenues. What a great idea. <laughs> Why is that a new, a new idea by netball? And there'll be an appearance fees for that, surely, when players get uh, do jobs and, and do some work with the sponsors for the good of the game. Anyway, the Australian Netball Players Association continue to insist that their claims are affordable, fair and reasonable. Now, if that is such a clear-cut belief, the legal advisors of them should be standing firm and no deal um, is done. Uh, Come to our scheduled meetings and let's sort this out in one week. Now, that has happened overnight. There's a meeting tomorrow. There was a a decline last night and that that might be getting uh, closer to fruition. Both parties will need to compromise somewhere. So you just need to be planned, okay? We're going to give up that and we're going to get this in return for that and and get some agreement on those sorts of things. Industrial action always involves sacrifice and hardship. Now, in this instance, it seems our semi-professional players, the Suncorp Super Netball players, are copping it all, while our top-level pros keep bowing to netball's demands of being sued contractually. So this is textbook divide and conquer behaviour, i.e. the awards night proceeds, so uh, Netball Australia get what they needed. Tournaments get played, so Netball Australia get what they played, and the top players still getting their money are saying, yes, we better do that. So far, disappointingly, it's the powerless party that's now broke as well, and they're copying it all. Today... We hear that they've stood together in the rejection of the offer I talk about above, and that's good because both parties then have to come back to the table if they love their sport. Do we have any netball families that are dealing with this mess? You know, like let us know what you know and what you've heard and how your how your siblings are going. Uh, 13, 13, 55, can we clear up the netball? Let's talk a little bit of Brisbane Raw because they're going beautifully at the moment. Good morning, Ross. Good morning, guys. How are you? Are you a golfer? <laughs> no. Yeah, right, eh? Good. I we'll, do we'll, like watching golf. We'll finish our conversation later. <laughs> um, have you heard from Robbie Williams? Uh, no. Oh, he okay. should be singing I'm, a song about a you. <laughs> oh, a big fan. Good. song about me, is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah I reckon right. he should be. Yeah, they're starting they to call like you Ross mate. the Boss, mate. Um <laughs> Uh, and Western Sydney Wanderers, they're going pretty well. I don't know any of their names. What do they bring to the table? <laughs> so they uh, probably they one of the, the biggest clubs, uh, or the top four big clubs in in Australia, um, and especially as far as their recruiting and, and being able to pay players uh, the big money to uh, to come to the league. So they are a very good side, and they have been for a long time. They do. Um, uh, have a lot of uh, top footballers in in their team, um, 
So they are, they are travelling really well and it's going to be a very difficult game. But, um, you know, we're at home in front of our supporters and, and in the humidity and, and hopefully that plays a big part as well because, you know, we've been playing some pretty good football as well. And then there's the coach, Ross, their coach, Marco Antirudan, is that how we say it? And what's he known for? Um, so I know him as Mark Rudin. Yes. <laughs> He's changed his name as years gone by, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, he uh, look. He's a very passionate person. He uh, he tries to set his teams up um, defensively really well, um, and also uh, he's he's very aggressive. He, he's all about the aggression, about fighting for the you know the west western part of Sydney. So um, you know he he does bring a lot of um, animation to the game. Let me put it that way. Okay. Hey, so what's it like being back at Suncorp? I know surface not. Brilliant at the moment after the concerts, but uh, what are your thoughts? Um, it's it's always great to play at Suncorp. You know, it's one of the best stadiums in the country, if not the best. Um, so it's great playing there, great playing in front of our supporters. But the field isn't great, uh, yeah, but you know, it's no one's fault. Uh, you know, I, um, my understanding is speaking to the groundsman is that there was a concert that was cancelled, um, which meant the the budget wasn't there to replace the turf and it is in the condition that it's in. So, you know, like I explained to the players, we've trained on worse, um, probably haven't, haven't played on worse, but, you know, there's no excuses. We go out and play our football and trying to, to be entertaining and exciting and not high press and and uh, creating a lot of goal-scoring opportunities. And we did that on the weekend. Yeah. We showed that we could play on there. And it, it is difficult and it's difficult for us, difficult for the opposition, but... Um, the one thing that, I, that I've said to the players is never, ever an excuse. We win as a team, we lose as a team. Um, you try and play the football that we want to play and you run, and I'm there by your side. Yeah, that's that's. I, I tell you what, the one message we're getting from the players that we, uh, your players that we interview on the show, they love having you there. And I mean, I don't mean to blow smoke, but uh, they're, they're loving what you want from them and the sort of footy that you want them to play. Yeah, oh, look, there's... That's good that um, that they are enjoying it, and you, you can see in training sessions and also in games the, the amount of uh, effort that they put in. Um, but it's also, a, and I think I mentioned this last time, it's about them improving as footballers themselves, and you know us, uh, the coaching staff, giving them the training sessions and the tools to become the best footballers that they can possibly be. Because you know different things happen for different players. You know, some will go international teams, some will go overseas. Uh, some will, you know, finish their career here, but you know, when you're enjoying enjoying playing your football and and playing to the best of your ability, it's always it's always enjoyable and and, and things do happen. And then on the the other side of that as well is the best that they are is also the best that we can possibly be as a team and improving every single game. And um, I, I think they enjoy doing that. And it's never you know, it's never about sitting down and, and pointing the finger because it's. It's uh, it's not what we do. Um, the one thing I do say to them though is that if you don't run, you're on your own. <laughs> you must run here. Yeah, <laughs> you're on your own. I can't stick up for you there if you if you're not running. But you know they uh, they really do put in and and, uh, and and you can see, like I said, that they do enjoy their football and you know beautiful conditions today. Um, and hopefully there'll be some beautiful conditions tomorrow night, nice and humid for West Sydney Wanderers. Yeah, exactly right. Welcome to Brisbane. And if you don't feel that improvement as a as a player, um, you yeah. know this season gets very long. I'd imagine you you play the Western Sydney Warriors again on the fifth of April. 
<laughs> like, yeah. do you break the season up in months or certain aspects of the draw or anything like that? I have no idea what what they how they come to this conclusion. How we play, I think we play yeah. some teams. I don't even look at it anymore, to be honest. <laughs> I think we play some teams three times, some teams two. Uh, so I don't I don't worry about that, and it's not that I'm. I, it's not my concern. And, yes. uh, you know, someone said that, you know, looking at the, the table and if you win and you're here, and you're, I, I don't don't concern myself with those things. The one thing that I do concern myself with is improving in every single game. Yeah. And you're not going, going to play your best all the time. And there are areas that you need to improve on that we do as, as a team. But it's also uh, about the individuals um, doing things that they, that they haven't been able to do because they haven't had the training or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, as far as, when we play them next, <laughs> we just go one game at a time. Yeah, it's and but the length of the season. Do you think yeah. uh, you know uh, is the plan to get back to Ballymore at some stage during the season if it's good enough? Um, I have no idea. Oh, sorry. I <laughs> yeah, oh, as, as far as training goes, or no, or, or playing, playing games. Are you ever going to play I games? Don't there? Think, look, I don't think we can play there for the simple reason that it's not uh, fit for. Um, um, an A-League game. Yes. And uh, not so much the surface. I think it's like the, the fencing around the field. And so I'm, there, there's certain uh, criteria that I'm not across that, that uh, would need to be covered mm. there. Yeah. Um, but as far as training goes, I'm pretty sure that we're, we're heading back there um, in the new year. So it should be, should be exciting. But, you know, it, it look, it's difficult wherever we go because we're guests wherever we go at the moment. And, um, you know, we've got to comply with everyone else and yes. and make sure that, uh, you know, we uh, behave ourselves and we're well-mannered, uh, you know, with the people that uh, we're working with. Yeah, plenty of fans for the doubleheader too the other night and made plenty of uh, plenty of noise. Are you keeping faith with the kids? We spoke earlier in the season and you said, look, I don't care how old they are. If they're good enough, they'll yeah. be in my starting side. Yeah, and nothing changes. The one thing that has changed, and I did mention it um the, uh, in an interview yesterday is that uh, we're no longer going to look for a striker. Um, there was a collective um, agreement with myself and, and uh, Zach, Zach Anderson and Casper uh, Tasta, the, the directors, that um, you know, if we did bring a striker in, uh, that would it'd probably stop um, the growth of young Waddingham up front. And yeah. he's just gone for me from strength to strength. You know, he's still 18 years of age and and I think it's a real positive, um, you know, and, and the coaching staff, uh, you know, we, we're all in agreement that, uh, you know, we would like to bring a winger in if we can and not a striker because we don't want to stop uh, Waddingham from progressing, you know, into the player that he can be. And then the young boys as well with uh, Quinn, Quinn McNichol and, and Ryland Brownlee, um, yep, I'll continue to play them. If they, if they are the ones that are performing in training, they are the ones that uh, will be in the squad. So... You know, it's great to see, you know, so many Queenslanders as well. Uh, yeah. I think that's really important. Um, you know, it, it was clear when I first came here that uh, we needed to get more Queenslanders back in the team because, you know, what, it's, I, I saw it in Adelaide um, and it's been in Adelaide for a long time because I'm South Australian and I played at Adelaide United and coached there, is that there's so many South Australians there that they actually fight uh, for, for the team that they supported. And that's what it should be like here at the Brisbane Raw. Right, eh? And and also it's uh, it's more enjoyable for supporters to go and watch their own uh, and and be proud of their own because you know there's more family that go and then someone's a friend and then you know 
all of a sudden, uh, Waddingham has got you know fifteen different girlfriends because you know <laughs> he's doing so well, and uh, it, it's funny. But I mean, look, that's just the way it is, and, and you know people uh, want to see their own, and, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely proud of that too because we we created something here um, that wasn't here for a long time. Really, yeah, good. that's awesome, and that, yeah, you've got them again tomorrow night, Suncorp Stadium, top of the table, raw against the Western Sydney Wanderers. Can't wait, and uh, chance of Brisbane to go top of the table. That would be fantastic, Ross. I know this was always a challenge for you. This interview, the part of the week, is that this one, but uh, we really enjoy <laughs> spending time with you, mate. Thanks, Ross. Good luck. No, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much for the support.